gotta clear all my tubes. <laughs> <laughs> tubes cleared. All right. Butterscotch shenanigans. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 136 of Coffee with Butterscotch, the game dev comedy podcast of Butterscotch Shenanigans. I'm Seth, and I'm the games programmer. I'm Adam, and I'm the Refactoria adventurer. I'm Sam, and I look at colors all day. And this is a show where we talk about life, business, and working in the games industry. Today is for Brewery 520. Great team. Hey. Actually, before you move on, how do we spell great teen? Because I've seen you guys both spell it GR8 teen, like teenager. Yes. Yeah. But I spell it GR18. Because mm. that's just the word 18. GR18 right is good. I think we can all agree that you don't spell it G-R-8-E-E-N. No, we do not. Because that looks like <laughs> Gerbine. <laughs> okay. Yeah, at least I think my problem with GR18 is that it looks like GR18. You know what I mean? I mean, it does. That's true. Sort of like a droid yes, name. It's a droid name. GR18, maybe is that's the that's mascot a, that for the- That could be a good oh, droid maybe name. that's the name of the character. All right, we just, named, we just named the character for Levelhead. By the way, before we get started, <laughs> uh, warning, there's going to be profanity on this show. Dang. That's it. That's the whole thing. So don't listen if you don't like that, yeah. or if you're if, a child. If you can't tell the difference between harmless swears and harmful swears, don't listen. Or if your parents can't tell the difference and know what you listen to, mm-hmm. then also don't listen. Yeah, because words aren't bad. People are bad. Yeah, we just like guns. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> words don't hurt people. People with words hurt people. That's true. That All right. True. Let's, get- <laughs> <laughs> Let's get on to some news. First off, it is 20 great teen. Still. Mm-hmm. 20 great teen. Quit fucking around. Yep. That's the slogan of mm-hmm. the year. So I got a tattoo. On so Saturday. Sam got a tattoo. <laughs> so far, it. Now, Sam. Huh. It's now the first week of February, mm-hmm. and you have already gotten LASIK and a tattoo. I know. I told you I'm not fucking around. <laughs> I'm worried that you're not fucking around too hard mm. and that you're sprinting a marathon because there's still 11 more months of the year. I don't know, man. I feel like if I can make it. Get, what are you going to do? If I can make it five weeks, I feel like I can just keep on keeping on, you know? Yeah. But what's what are you going to look like by the time the year is <laughs> He's going to have lots. He's going to have a mohawk, 33 piercings. Uh-huh. There'll be laser doubles everywhere. Yeah. 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 It's going to be crazy. Laser surgery. Now, I was actually looking at my list of my things to do, and it's gotten very short all of a sudden. That's what I'm saying. Because I was actually trying to do stuff for the last five weeks. This reminds me of the when you did the Uber Man. It was a problem. Because you were like. Yep. I, I need more time in the day to do mm-hmm. things. I'm going to just stop sleeping. Yeah. The Uberman for everybody who doesn't know about this, which is everybody because nobody has heard of this except for a select <laughs> few weirdos, total weirdos uh, <laughs> who are young enough to take on this kind of a challenge of just, yep. I guess, just minimal sleep. It's just sleeping. It's two hours a day. It was our total, generation's total. version of the Tide Pod. Basically, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but but even less stupid than that, actually. So, you know. Yeah. 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 So Sam did the Uber man where he was sleeping for like eight seconds a day. And so then I had, and I had this huge list. This was the thing that prompted us. I had this huge list of all these things I wanted to do. And then I was I just was sort of doing the math on the time. I was like, I have maybe like five hours a day between everything else to get this stuff done. And I was like, you I also cr- like that your strategy there wasn't maybe I should quit cheerleading. And quit these other things that nah, I'm doing. <laughs> just do more I should things. instead not sleep. <laughs> that's sleep the, is, that's the thing. Sleep is probably the one thing you can just cut. You, know, the, you don't even need it's it. It's, it's the American way, you know? It's the American way. So, yeah, I made this huge list. And then, yeah, I, I said, okay, if I, don't, if I just don't sleep, 
Then obviously, I get like six more you hours. Got tons of time. It's I mean, incredible. That is, that is true. But then you just got bored. Yeah. So I, that's, <laughs> that's that's the weird thing about doing the Uberman thing is that I did. I mean, there were some serious consequences, <laughs> like losing my short-term memory for a yeah. while. Um, cognitive deficits. Some real intense cognitive also deficits. You, also, you ended up with zombie eyes. You know, you kind of get like the dark circles mm-hmm. and the you, bloodshot stare. You're kind of basically an undead person, I guess, yeah. is a better way to think about yep. it. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, but after after just a few days, you know, I got most of the things on my list done. And then I was just, now I was just conscious. Too much. <laughs> you, you, well, but then further, you then had to take naps at weird parts of the day. And yeah. very religiously, because if you fucked it up, right. then like there was a very fine balance where this kind of a thing can supposedly work, which I'm still not. Oh, yeah. At I'm all super dubious. Uh, but <laughs> but if even if it could work, it would only do so if you, it's what is it, like you take a nap like eight it's times every four or something. Hours. Yeah. For 20 minutes. Right. So that that's how you sleep, right? <laughs> which is fucking crazy. But that also means not only, so, so you, you sort of like, you took, you took sleep away where everybody else is also unconscious. Yes. Because you're like, I don't have enough time to hang out with people and do all the things I want to do. Mm-hmm. So then now, instead of doing that, just being unconscious while everybody else is, now while everybody else is conscious, you just Every have to take naps. Yeah, you just disappear, <laughs> which was also the big bummer for me. Yeah, like, it, this it, it interrupts everything. So I guess yeah. my, my overall point here is just you, be careful. not slow down. <laughs> well, the thing is, though, when, I mean, the, the, the tattoo that he got, though, is, you know, speaks to this mm-hmm. pretty directly. It does. Yeah, that's true. Sam's tattoo. What does it say? It says memento mori, which is is basically like you're going to die. It just says, remember, you'll die. Yeah. (laughs) So quit fucking around. Basically, Sam (laughs) got a tattoo. Which sounds very morbid, but to me, it's like like the appropriate version of carpe diem because- the thing is, like, you can't ever actually motivate you people. You could always seize tomorrow. That's the only part of it. But also, like, you yeah. can't ever motivate people to do stuff by, like, by get by pointing out that, that it's seizing great. should happen. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, it's you have a whole day. It's, it's great. better to remember that you you just always have a metaphorical gun to your head. Yes. that's. Yeah, I think it's know. a much more motivating factor. <laughs> at least it has been for me. So. And metaphorical swears. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. The swear words, they hurt a lot. That's yeah. right. Depending. Yeah. So I, the thing, I, it's true. I actually don't know when my friends asked me yesterday. She said the exact same thing. She sent me a text because she saw a picture of the tattoo. She said, what is he going on over there? Um, she's, you know, what do you got? What's next on the list? And I was like, honestly, I don't know. I haven't, I looked at, <laughs> I'm just saying, be careful because pretty soon it's going to be 20 great teen, nothing but fucking around <laughs> because there's nothing else you're going to be able to do. But what, what an envious position to get to. In a position where you're, you're like, all I'm doing is fucking around now but because, because I did everything. Because I did everything as opposed to just some fucking but, around. But. What? But. I don't think this is going to be a problem because there's another thing that you have done in the past two weeks, which is decided to learn how to be an artist. Yes. Instead of just do art. This is true. Which are very, very different things because because now you're actually coming into our world as programmers where you don't get to just be a programmer. You have to be constantly learning how right. to be a programmer, how to, how to do things better because you have to constantly add more and more difficult stuff to your plate, right? That's correct. And so I have never, for for the past long time, actually, because I was also programming mm-hmm. in, in grad school. Uh, so for as long as I've been programming, there has never been a moment where I looked at the future and said, I think I've, I've learned now. all the stuff, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, not even, just nowhere near. So I guess, like yeah, that. that's true. So that's where... So that's, yeah, that's so, where the time yeah, goes. Yeah, so really, you're just clearing, you're just clearing all this other shit out of the that's way. Exactly right. So that you can become the most powerful artist in the universe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like this week, I'm clearing out my GDC talk, getting that out of the way. Same. Um, just getting you know some general life stuff handled, get some health appointments taken care of, blah mm-hmm. blah. Yep. And then that way, I can just you know focus on art. Yeah. Yeah. So it's 2018. 2018. Quit fucking around. I'm serious though. We need to call this character. 
GR18. GR18. I'm down. Let's Pretty do good. it. Great teen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, otherwise, in the news, so last week, we, li- we as Adam said, we took an adventure in Refactoria, mm-hmm. which is the mystical land where you do things over but better. Yep. Yes. Um, yeah, re- similar and- to hell, but looks, <laughs> looks slightly but it's, better. It's more productive. Yeah. It is, yeah. And it, and it can be out. fun. It yeah. can uh, be. But yeah, refactoring, uh, for anybody who's not a programmer, it's 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 just like editing is for writing, yes. only it's for programming. So we actually use it just to talk about everything now because it has a good it has a good feel to it. It means a little bit more than just like editing because it's all about kind of doing a better job and like restructuring and and uh, and identifying things that could be more well, effective. Yeah, refactoring whatever. is the idea that as you are solving problems, you just don't know the full scope of yeah. what you need to know, and if so you solve it okay. Yeah, you poorly. always solve a problem badly at the beginning. But you do solve it. Yep. And then as you learn more, you look back and you go, that could be way better. And then you refactor. Right? Yep. So, so we've been working on, uh, I refactored uh, the entire system of the game to make it of the of Levelhead, which is our current upcoming game, mm-hmm. uh, to make it more optimized, which has led to the interesting quirk that now save files are upside down. Mm-hmm. Mm. So when you build a level in this game and you save it, it gets flipped upside down in the save file. And then when it gets loaded, it gets flipped back upside down. Although again. this, this does depend on just how you're thinking about all these parts though, because isn't a file just a, a line of bytes, you know? Yes. Like, can that really be upside down? Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Turns out it can. So you just turn, <laughs> so you just turn all the zeros and ones upside down. Yeah. Turns out so they're just still zeros and ones. It's pretty easy to they're read. They're kind of the same now. Yeah. Well, no, I, I only turn the zeros upside down. The okay. ones can stay upright. Okay, that's fine. fine. Uh, yeah. That, that's what that's what it's called when you flip a bit, right? You just turn the zero upside down. I think so, yeah. 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 And and the reason the reason for this was that the, the saves were originally using the the way the crash lands way of sort of saving locations, which uh, which turns out isn't as optimal as it could be. It takes a lot of extra work to make an infinite world. The levels in Levelhead are not infinite. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're constrained because it turns out we tried this at the beginning. Infinite levels, it's a nightmare actually. Yeah. Like, like not s- having boundaries. Well, it's is- like it's like if you're a uh, you know if you want to get started drawing or something and you sit down at a piece of paper and suddenly that piece of paper is as big as your house. Yeah, you're just you're like, like well, how do yeah. I put marks on right? This? So we actually found that it, it originally because we can do infinite levels just as we can do in an infinite world in Crashlands. Mm-hmm. So we originally I originally coded it that way to make that possible. Uh, but that turned out to be a bad idea. Constraints are your so, best friend when it comes to constraints are actually good. And infinity is inefficient. Yeah, uh, and it tur- but it turns out that in so in Game Maker, it's what we used to make our games. Negative numbers are up, and so the bottom of the level is zero. And as you go up, everything is. And negative. I will say that is generally true, just from a, a programming perspective, because. Images are rasterized from top left down. Right. Right. So, so the, so the y, numbers grow. Y goes up as you go down. Right. Image. Well, that's why when you used to load a really huge picture, you know, back in, back in the you, you could early see days, yeah, you'd see working it, its, way it creep its way down line from top to bottom. Right. Right. Yeah. 90s kids will remember this, mm-hmm. yep. you know. Yeah, also, the screeching, <laughs> the screeching modem noise that happened beforehand. Yep. yep. The Velociraptor yeah. modem screech. Mm-hmm. What is, what is uh, funny because we, like there, it doesn't have to have been that way because we could have also rasterized from bottom to top, right? Yeah, but, it could have been anyway. But at some point back when people were inventing all this shit, they decided, yeah, Cartesian coordinates that we all learn, those go, you know, positive goes up. Mm-hmm. But we're programmers. We don't we don't have time for 
whatever, whatever that is. <laughs> so we're going to instead go from, and there, there's probably some good, weird technical reason why like the top left part of a screen Mm-hmm. Uh, is somehow has to be different because fuck who knows like maybe photon <laughs> maybe photons like prefer going to the right or some wacky ass thing who knows Probably not I don't know because back then they had to really optimize for they things did. like they the really speed did. of light yeah. uh, photons <laughs> speed of electrons <laughs> how good your vacuum tubes are how, like how vacuum how vacuum your tubes are yeah uh, yeah so so that's just kind of a weird outcome is now all the, all of our uh, numbers have to be positive but when they go into game maker they have to be negative and so. So we fl- have to flip them upside down. I think down. this is just one of our continued pursuits to make our art imitate life, you know, because yeah. your eyeball does the same thing. So when you see take- something, your eye, your retina flips it upside down mm-hmm. and then your brain is like, fuck. And then it puts it back. It puts it back. <laughs> so and your retina just keeps sending upside down images. Mm-hmm. When somebody starts making a, so, okay. So in this game, when somebody starts making a level, because the world is constrained, Mm-hmm. Can they start making it anywhere? Can I can I like go to the middle of the map or the middle of the allowable yeah. area and just slap a thing down and start there? Yeah. Sure. Okay. Yeah. You put your start location wherever you want. Cool. cool, cool. You can, yeah. You can start on the far right. What? If you want to if you want to read the level from right to left. Yeah, yeah. If you want to make an Arabic level, mm-hmm. yep. you can put mm-hmm. your character on the right. Done. Now you're right, right, right to right left, to left yep. level. Or Hebrew. I believe that's right to left as well. If you yep. want to make a Chinese level, you can Cut make a tall level, yep. put your character at the top and work your way down. Boom. Yeah, follow and the then, just the depending on where your linguistics are. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then we just hope that we'll actually provide font support for all of those choices, so that you can actually read the blocks that are put down. Mm-hmm. Right, because all the blocks are be words instead. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. which is fine because that's what blocks are. So actually, you know, really, it works out fine. Yeah, it'll be great. <laughs> yeah. All right, and also in re- in Refactoria, uh, we have been Adam's been updating our. So we have, we have a whole new website in the works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, which is going to allow us to flex rumpus yeah. very firmly. <laughs> we'll flex yeah. so that we can leap to the next level. Yeah, so rumpus is Ooh. our new back end. It's our new web yep. web infrastructure. I'm never going to get tired of kind of <laughs> just giggling a little bit. That's pretty, pretty good. Man. Yeah. Uh, and one of the things that we wanted to do with rumpus that we weren't able to do with BSKJD is actually fully integrated into all of our web presence. So everything. So right now, if you use Bscotch ID to log into a game, you can't you can't actually do anything outside of the games with it. You can't mm-hmm. like go to to our website and you log can in. log into the forums. You can log into the but forums. But it is a very hacky, wacky thing. Because I had yeah. to I mean I'm using an existing forum software that wasn't designed to let you integrate other sign in things into it. And so and it's, you just made it's it. very wacky. You made it do it. Yep. Um, and so, so this is, this is part of us sort of bringing everything in house and we wanted to do away with usernames and passwords and stuff, which means if you open up a level head and you want to sign into Rumpus, it actually routes you through our website. Mm-hmm. So when you sign in to level head, you also sign in to our website, which means we can do all kinds of cool, whatever the hell we want, uh, with sort of, uh, you know, user profiles and allow you to change your account settings and stuff like that through the website. Um, so also as part of this, Adam has been leaning on Rumpus backend technology mm-hmm. yep. uh, to redo our blog and yeah, well, I mean, everything. The if you if you look at our current website at www.bscotch.net, um, it's it's this old WordPress site that is a hell of a lot better than what we had before that. So you yes. know we're we're making progress over the years, um, but it suffers from. A WordPress. problem that it suffers from WordPress, one thing, <laughs> but it also suffers from the, this sort of generic problem we had where we didn't actually know what we were trying to share with people and we didn't really have a purpose for the website besides 
Like yeah, back gotta, when Sam was set, set it up, yeah, they just said, well, we got to have a website. So then mm-hmm. they did. And they said, well, we like writing stuff. So then they did. And that was kind of. So it was a blog. So it was, it was just a blog. That, and, it happened to have links to our games on it. But right. Yeah. And then when we, we migrated that to WordPress and then it became more of a hybrid where it was kind of like now we're trying to. It's sort almost of, like a business website. Yeah, it's like a business website with a blog on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of in this awkward transition phase uh, where now all of a sudden you kind of you just kind of couldn't quite get to anything you wanted. You know? Well, and and it added the problem of our podcast yeah. was being run through the blog. So every time we would put up a podcast episode, it would all we would also put up a blog post about that episode. Yeah. And we had a lot of discussions over the past couple of years where we'd say, Ooh, we want to put out a post this week to announce this thing that we're doing, like or announce the sale that's going on or whatever. And we say, Oh, we gotta time this because the podcast one comes out every Wednesday. And it'll bear we don't want to bury this announcement. And you know, so it, it, the whole thing was just so very then awkward. we ended up just not announcing anything we're talking about yeah, well that was what so was, on the I, website mm-hmm. right so I've been, I've been you know clearing all this stuff out getting rid of old posts and uh, getting ready to to do this migration to the new site that i'm making and saw that over the past year all the posts that we've made just fit on one page it was on like our eight. site it's like it's eight mm-hmm. or ten posts or something for the entire past year but we actually have i think 180 posts in our history Mm-hmm. Yeah. So all like all years prior, we actually were putting out a ton. So we, of stuff. we wrote tons of stuff, and then we got the new website, and then we're like, nah, nobody's gonna see this. And then yeah. We yeah. So then we stopped. It's <laughs> well, an interesting thing about how you know if you if you choose the wrong tool or if you accidentally build one of these design constraints for yourself, it will shift your behavior like 100 percent oh, into a, a particular direction. Yep. Um, and whether that's related to you know website or you know in the, in the broader sense, just some some weird and wacky thing you have going on in your life. Yeah. Like if you've got a really long commute, right? And you have to drive. Now, Now instead of reading, maybe you're just listening to audiobooks because that's your life now. Yep. You know? Um, and so it's one of those things where you got you to gotta be careful about these things because you can – we thought it was a huge improvement when we got it. And it, it was, was a huge visual improvement. Definitely. Visually, but from an overall design perspective, from what we actually need to do and want to do, it doesn't make much sense. Well, but, it, but, but actually that's important too, the distinction between needing and wanting mm-hmm. because that was also – because, you know, we, we're – as we talk about in the podcast, we're constantly experimenting with – what it means to be running a business and marketing and trying to sell games mm-hmm. and all this. And we set up that site at the time under our understanding at the time of what was important, which we now basically don't believe any of at all. Um, and I think in particular, we're kind of talking about this a bit this morning. I think we mentioned it before. Because well, now we believe that nothing is important. That nothing really matters. So we should do what we want. Because it's 2018. But in particular, uh, and, and Sam was laughing this morning because he went and looked at, uh, on Google Play, he can set up these experiments for A-B mm-hmm. testing, right? And we, we mentioned in the past that one of those experiments we did was to remove the description from Crashlands from the store page, just remove it and compare that to one with a description. Mm-hmm. And it turns out there's no, there's statistically no difference at all. And that has actually been running now for months. Since October. Since October. And so we have <laughs> an enormous wealth of data. Like 26,000 data points. <laughs> yeah, right. Collectively just saying that it's, it, yeah, we're, we're in, we're exactly in the window. Like nothing is different right. between these two. Uh, and so, so I've been kind of looking at other like really good, company websites making mm-hmm. games to figure out it's like looking at blizzard which who does a stellar job and i noticed that there's barely any text anywhere it's mm-hmm. just images they don't they don't tell you shit right because they, they just throw a couple images and then open up comments yeah and then people just scream at each other right. for about a thousand and pages they, <laughs> right it's great and they, and they do have news and like, I, I question their decision to have comments but they do yeah, have it's a bad move yeah they do have uh uh you know news pages and they have blog posts and they have like additional content you can go into um, but you got to dig for all that stuff. The main thing is you hit the site and all you just see is games. You just see these mm-hmm. giant, beautiful splash images. You see links to all their games. You see places you can go buy them and that's it. And it just, it feels really good to be on there. And so, so sort of taking all these lessons together has 
cause a redesign of this thing to say, like, you know, we just, we were trying too hard. Mm-hmm. We were trying to do too many things at once. We were so worried that somebody wouldn't know that we had say like a, a, a blog, for example, that we weren't willing to kind of like put it behind something. Mm-hmm. So that meant everything had to be on the front page and everything is on the front page. You know, you hit the site and everything is there at the same time. And so there's no, it just doesn't feel clean. You don't, it's just overwhelming. So mm-hmm. we're trying to get rid of all that. Yeah. We don't want to overwhelm. We don't want to underwhelm. We just want, to whelm. Whelm. We just want people Perfectly. to get to our site and just go, I am I'm feeling whelmed mm-hmm. right now. Feeling it. It's going to be whelming and welcoming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so also as part of our sort of, uh, 20 great teen quit fucking around, get back on track with the things we want to be doing. Mm-hmm. It's a long slogan, but that's what it is. That's what <laughs> uh-huh. it is. Yep. It fits on a t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> Just uh, real small. Yeah. Uh, we're also getting back to the concept of uh, the B-Scotch newsletter, which mm-hmm. Sam talked about last, a last. episode. A yeah. Bit. So, and then it, I got it all drafted this weekend. Uh, so I got to just kind of tune it up and get all the pictures and stuff put in it and get it technically ready to go. Um, but this is something we should just love doing because it was essentially was just our excuse to be crazy people. And just sort of write goofy ass sort of love letters mm-hmm. to our fans. And then, and we've always gotten, I mean, most of the time when we, when we send one out, like at least someone will take a screenshot of it and, and tweet it at us and be like, what is going on? <laughs> <laughs> so are you so, guys okay? Over yeah. There? And the thing is, you know, um, we, they, they do communicate just a huge amount of information. And this next one, uh, we decided we're, you we, we're just pulling out all the stuff. We're just going to go for it. And I think we, we don't know what's going to happen because our previous emails, we started going to the more traditional email marketing method of like, here's a tiny bit of text. Here's a picture. Here's a button for you to click on. Mm-hmm. Right. The thing is, who gives a crap? So uh, instead, what we did with this one is actually basically styled it like a little mini magazine. And it has, I think it's like seven pages. Like it is a. It is long. It is a big email. Yep. Um, but all the stuff is fun and weird and cool. It's got some design uh, sort of back end or behind the scenes work. Uh, It'll have uh, a Crashlands comic in it, which you could just get. Free. Have we announced that yet? Is that no, but no, nice no, it is. Yeah, um, there is one. So it'll be that, <laughs> and that'll be that'll be debuting with the newsletter. So there's just like it's just just tons of stuff in there. And part of it was again taking the the idea of saying instead of saying okay, what are we trying to get people to do, which is essentially weirdly how we kind of shifted in the last two years. Yeah. To just saying what do we actually just want to share with people? And yeah, we just, just banging wanna, it out. Well, yeah, think, what do we want to talk about? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the last couple of years, and as, as you would tell by if you go back through our podcast history, right? Mm-hmm. The, the last couple of years were kind of all about us exploring what it meant to be a business. Mm-hmm. That's true. And we were kind of modeling our behavior after what other people were doing. We were we were trying to understand what it what it would mean to hold on to the success, you know, the, the foothold that we'd finally gotten in in the industry with the launch of Crashlands. Cause we didn't, we were like, okay, how do we keep on doing this? How do we mm-hmm. keep this going for the next, you know, couple of decades? Here's how we keep doing it by changing everything. Yeah. Right. And <laughs> doing which is, nothing, which is what we did. Doing nothing the same yeah. as mm-hmm. how we got And here. mostly doing stuff that we <laughs> didn't really like, like, or want to do. It was just all stuff that we thought was important that we had to do right. because that's what it meant to, you know, grow a business and, and move it into the future and so on. Uh, and our, our newsletter reflected that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Cause it was, it was us trying to sell stuff. You know? So we sent it very infrequently. Yeah. And, and we were only, afraid only to if, bother people. And only yeah. if we felt like I, mean, I was afraid to bother people yeah. constantly. Mm-hmm. And only if we felt like there's action items in here. Yeah. Like there's like, there's stuff that people can do. Yeah. And, and I was on. always worried, you know, I, I would always tell Sam, like, who, who am I supposed to be sending this to? Like, who's going to give a shit about? And I'm like, just send, whatever send you're saying. Just send it to everybody. Be very careful. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, but we don't want to lose our subscribers, you know, whatever. But now we're just like, if we lose our subscribers, who gives a fuck? Because that means <laughs> that means you don't care about what we're selling. Because I wrote this hilarious seven-page thing, and you're either going to enjoy it or not, yeah. and that's fine. Well, it reminds me of when we put up the Crashlands trailer, Yep, and we got like a 
like a 10% dislike, mm-hmm. right? Some people really hate fun. Some people hated it. And, and you know, nine out of 10 people were like, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm on board with this, right? But every now and then you get somebody who was not only didn't like it, but who was mad about it, <laughs> yeah. right? And our response to that was good. Yeah. Like, this is a filtering mechanism. Go away. Because it was, it was something I had to fight though, because my, my initial response to that was, ooh, is there something we could do where to, we could to get those people to also get those people, you know, mm-hmm. but I think that, that that's one of that part of that big lesson is that you can, if you become, you know, more of a soulless, you generic, you become vanilla. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You just, and, and then you don't offend inoff- anything. <laughs> try to be as inoffensive and round off all the rest. Yeah, and we mean inoffensive in the boring way. Like we're not just saying, don't say swear words. We're saying just don't do particular don't kinds of humor. Any you know? reaction. In yeah, anybody. exactly. Yeah. Be the tepid bathwater. <laughs> exactly. <the game's> industry. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I think that's where, it's, that's just that, and that's why I think we were we were falling into that and didn't that's realize true, we were doing it, and then we just kept on like going deeper and deeper for a couple of years, um, and now we're trying to climb back out of that mm-hmm. and be people again, you know, and write newsletters as Sam is doing. He's writing it as himself, signing it as himself, right? right? Uh, these we're gonna once this new blog system goes up, so we can actually have a blog and write things. We'll be writing whatever the fuck we want without worrying about whether people care. What the market impact is yeah. going to be. Because who cares? Most we're just people don't do read it. <laughs> most people, that's exactly it. It's, well, the same as a podcast, right? Like the podcast isn't listened to by that many people. Correct. And we've had this question that we always come back to is then why do we do it? And it's because we want to. Because yeah. it's fun. Because it's fun to do. Or the question like, like, how, how do we, we should be doing all the things? Yeah, how do we grow it? How do we brand it? Yeah. Who cares? Well, yeah, who we like, cares? Yeah, recently, uh, like on, uh, since, we're, since we have it on YouTube with our you know cool little moving art, right? Mm-hmm. Then we've had a few comments recently where people are just like, oh, like you guys, it's such a shame you guys have so few listeners. Maybe you should look into doing blah, blah, blah. And I'm, and I'm looking at them like, I don't care. <laughs> it, doesn't, it just doesn't matter. I think part of the misleading thing about it is because the, this is for us, actually. <laughs> the videos are only going to have a couple hundred views ever because yeah. we have a very tiny YouTube channel. Yeah, but we have 6,000. The, the podcast listenership is, is, for whatever reason, has been growing the last couple of weeks. Yeah. It's because it's 2018. Because it's 2018. Around, apparently. So, uh, so we're up to like 1,200-ish listens a week. Definitely over 1,000. episode. Yeah. Yeah. Which is super cool. It is yeah. just well, Yeah. Which is, yeah, to be clear, I love that people listen to it. And I do wish more people listen to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's not why we're doing it. And just, you know. Well, and, and it was, I think it was important for us to do back when we were getting 50 listens a week. Yeah. You know, because- it's good for us to sit down and, and just mm-hmm. sort of digest what's happening in the industry and, and kind of share our views and debate stuff. Um, and for the, even if there was eight people or three people listening to it, you know, we do get letters from people saying like, Hey, yeah, this is important to me and Keep I doing really it, appreciate it. Now it's, it's probably at least, you know, a couple of times a week we get emails mm-hmm. from people thanking us for, for doing this and taking the time to put it on. Cause I think people know that we aren't, we aren't advertising. We aren't like monetizing this, this podcast mm-hmm. in any way. Mm-hmm. We're just, it's a, it's a sort of a service that we want to just do. Yeah. For people. We have fun. We know some people appreciate it. And if you do want to say something uh, we haven't mentioned for a while, but we do have an email address. You can send a oh, note. Yeah. To. That's true. Podcast at bscotch.net. Yep. Mm-hmm. So you can just shoot so. a little note. Tell us, don't, don't send us anything mean because this is, this is 20 grade team. It's not we're, we're doing. We don't have time for that for. shit. Um, but if you want to say something nice, we'd, we'd love to hear it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you do send us something mean, then maybe I'll send it up back. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> you, buddy. <laughs> well, fuck you. Also my favorite things is, one of my favorite things to do is because in YouTube comments, uh, you know, people are t- typically mean. I've just been deleting them anytime. If it's even borderline or mentions Crashlands, I just delete it. Well, my favorite thing is just uh, because you want to respond to positive comments sometimes. Yeah. Because oftentimes the negative comments are the only ones that actually get feedback. Yep. But my favorite thing still is actually when someone's just like complaining about something is just to be like, no. And I think there's, 
There's one of these that we did. I think it might have been on the Crashlands video. I can't remember exactly, but someone said something like really, a really long winded, like, oh, you guys need to do blah, blah, blah. And then I think Seth's response was just no. And it had like a hundred likes on it. It was <laughs> <laughs> like, this is hilarious. I was doing that on Twitter the other day. <laughs> yep. I, ch- I checked Twitter for the first time in a long time. And one of the first posts I saw was somebody demanding that we put multiplayer in Crashlands. I said, we're not going to do that. And then, <laughs> and then he said, why? I said, because it's hard and we're lazy. Uh, <laughs> and then his response was, I'm so sorry for wasting your time. <laughs> and I was like, it's fine, man. Don't worry about it. <laughs> well, I think it's the whole thing. It's, just, it's fun to be people. And yeah, we weren't being people for a while. Yeah. So who cares? Well, yeah, it's actually, a brand. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. been more fun to be in our Discord channel also. Yep. Just, and just kind of like seeing what people are talking about and kind of trying to get back involved again. And, and I think a lot of it too is once we we brought all these people on board too with the studio, we we're trying to, we we're kind of trying to diffuse the brand into the whole right. team, uh, and and we kind of actually we consciously tried to make it less about us and more about the team, mm-hmm. which made us just step back from everything and kind of depersonalize everything. Right. Um, and so yeah, we're just not we're just not doing any of that anymore. Mm-hmm. It's more fun. But yeah, if you want to talk in Discord, we're also there mm-hmm. at Discord.gg/bscotch. That's right. And you can now integrate Spotify. With Discord, <laughs> which is pretty rad. I mean, we don't own Discord, but we like those those devs over there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. They're good people. They're like our they're like our sister brothers. They're like our sibling from another parent. Sibling from another parent. That's, that's how the, the saying goes, as right? The rhyme goes. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but it is pretty cool because now if you in the so we listen to Spotify basically all day. I while don't. We're I listen to Google Play Music. Adam listens to Google Play Music. I like listen to one song on repeat on YouTube Music. Yeah, all right, so yeah. I'm on. <laughs> So I'm on Spotify all day, usually listening to one p- particular album or playlist on mm-hmm. repeat. Uh-huh. So I it, listen to one song and then I occasionally just whistle three notes from it. That's true. Yeah, I, I hear it piercing through my headphones. Yeah, every, it's every horrible. Really, it's horrifying. Because yeah. it can't be noise canceled because it's like a random yep. noise. Yeah. So uh, this is actually, <laughs> it's, just something it's I a tactic about noise canceling headphones. Are like the one problem with these actually is it it's a it it boils out all the white noise. But random noise it highlights something. It actually makes you feel like they're more yep. intense. So because there's, like there's a, no white noise now, right? Yeah. So if there's like yeah. a screaming baby on an airplane, yeah. it actually all you can hear is, is the, the scream baby. of a baby. <laughs> yeah, you actually you got to double down by wearing earplugs underneath your noise canceling and then earmuffs, fluffy muffs, yeah, just right on top of that. Yeah. Or, yeah so uh, yeah. that's my strategy: is I, I just whistle randomly throughout the day to kind of just keep Adam and Seth and sure on their toes. You know, I yeah. want you guys focusing too hard. Yeah, I have just to send Sam a note on Discord once in a while and be like, could you uh, shut the could fuck you up? Not? <laughs> can you not though? Could you quit? That was very Actually, nicely worded uh, comment. You said oh yeah. There. I mean, yeah, I got, I'm still a good person somewhere. Mm-hmm. I appreciate this cold heart, you know, uh, <laughs> there's a slightly a tepid tip. area. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it's like, it's been a microwave. It's like when you microwave a frozen thing and you get the warm parts are hot. Yeah. Some cold. Scalding hot. Burrito middle. <laughs> but as a pro tip, if you're if you're at a convention ever, especially if you're like showing a thing, you know? Oh yeah. If you have noise canceling headphones, you can hear the things that are important better. And that that cacophony of horribleness goes way, way, way down. So that has been pretty nice. One actually. of the things, yeah, we when we went to PAX, yeah, we brought we brought noise canceling headphones. Cause so we're all we're all introverted in the sense that, you know, we can we can put on the show. Oh yeah. But it fucking, but the show puts on us. It also. fucking wears mm-hmm. us out, right? So if we go to the convention, you know, we're mingling with fans, we're talking to their devs and stuff. Then after about an hour, each of us is just like, I gotta get the fuck out of here, <laughs> right? Yeah. But sometimes you can't, mm-hmm. so you put on the noise canceling headphones. 
Throw a tarp over yourself. Amazing. You know, a blanket, it's some like, kind of a jilly suit. It's like a makeshift <laughs> jilly suit. <laughs> and you just, <laughs> no, just stay hidden. Actually, just, yeah, what would you put on a, what would it be covered with to, to blend it in? It would be banners for other banners games. For games. So you could just get you in front could, of a banner and just. <laughs> you would deploy just it appear. just like in the middle of a hallway or something. Uh-huh. And you just be inside of a sort of a, a pillar of banners. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, is it a ghillie suit or a jilly suit? Is this a gift gif situation? <laughs> there must be a proper prince. It's probably someone's name. Isn't isn't GIF also somebody's name? No. I mean no. probably though. <laughs> probably. It's unrelated to the oh, yeah. whole, that's like, origin of GIF. Uh, GIF. GIF. That's, that's, a, that's Jeff from <laughs> New Zealand. Yes, it's GIF. GIF. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. All right. So uh, what we talk about who knows happening. I don't know, but let's uh, <laughs> uh so a couple things from industry news that we can quickly touch on before yeah. questions. Go, go. One, blockchain watch. Blockchain. It's the hip new thing that teens are doing. <laughs> no right? one understands. Nobody fucking understands it. And everybody, it's, it's basically digital snake oil mm-hmm. uh, in the sense that yeah. it's useful, but nobody knows what it's for. Yeah. So you could probably use snake oil to start fires or mm-hmm. something. Right? Actually, probably, maybe yeah. you could it cook. is oil. Maybe mm-hmm. you could cook with it. Probably. It's not going to cure anything. Probably. Um, and, and you're just going to slip in it and break your neck probably. Mm-hmm. So. It's slippery. It's very slippery. Uh-huh. So there's this article uh, in gamesindustry.biz uh, about this company called, hold on, it's called Everdreamsoft. Okay, can we talk about this? Just briefly. <laughs> Quit putting soft. Soft. Quit. This is not the Quit 90s. It. Quit. <laughs> Although right, the company next. may have been around since the 90s. So listen, Everdreamsoft has this, blockchain, Everdreamsoft <laughs> has this e-game. It's an electronic game. Wait, does it actually say e-game? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, it's a collectible card game called Spells of Genesis. <laughs> called Spells of Genesis. Uh, and they're basically their big thing that they're trying to do is you can you, you collect cards in this game just like mm-hmm. you would in Hearthstone or right. you know whatever the hell. And at some point, you can take your card and you can blockchainize it, which somehow turns this card into something that it puts it on the blockchain. So now it's a now it's now it's, it's a scarce good. Right? Now it's guaranteed to which be is, unique, which is hilarious because we already had this technology. It's called just using a computer with the <laughs> internet. <laughs> yeah, and Blizzard's been doing it. Everybody's been doing. Everybody's this. been doing blockchain it. Blockchain does not change this, but but the it does not the. Uh, the huckster spin that gets put on this is that now, so previously, if you owned a card in a video game, you just owned a license. Mm-hmm. You yeah. didn't actually own anything. Right. You're just paying for a license to access that card. You don't mm-hmm. own it. And they're saying now with blockchain, you can own the card. Uh-huh. Except this is absolute bullshit because the card don't. is something that only exists on the, the servers of the company. Of the right. Yep. So you... What like? Well, so now you can theoretically you can go sell it. You can sell, sell but you already could already could do that. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. The best part is the reason that they're doing this is because players were selling their cards, Mm. right? Okay. So they said in their in their original version of the game, players were selling their cards, and then they would report that their account got hacked and that their cards were missing to try to sell their cards Ah. and get their cards recovered, Mm. right? Thereby creating 
duplicate cards, yeah. right? Clever. So with blockchain, they can actually track the unique identifier of a card. How will that prevent somebody from claiming they got hacked, thus requiring the need to generate another duplicate card? This does not solve any problems. Okay, cool. Uh, but, it you is, know. Sounds pretty neat. But, but you it gotta, does introduce some technical complications. Well, I yeah, think it's re- way harder to do most things. <laughs> the, the headline of it, I think, is just most indicative of where this blockchain stuff yeah, is. The, head, read that the headline of the article is called it's hard to put in words how life-changing blockchain technology will be. Yep. So hard that <laughs> so no hard, one can do it. So hard that nobody has succeeded in putting it into words. Yeah, uh, I was next. So that's it. Uh, also, Apple has announced mm-hmm. that they're going to be opening a process to waive the developer fee for nonprofit organizations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's something you have to apply for. It's only for certain conditions. Now, I read this this morning and I just thought, this is weird. Because the dev fee is a hundred bucks. It's a hundred dollars per which, year. Per year. Which, Regar- regardless of how many apps you have, it's just right. A flat so, so it's, yeah. So it's not even. So it's not that there's an organization that has to put out like a thousand apps a year, and so they're spending this you know fuck ton of money or something. Uh, and and this isn't designed to help like struggling indie devs because mm-hmm. there's a group of people who for for whom a hundred dollars is actually a lot of money. Right. Mm-hmm. This isn't for those people. This is for nonprofit organizations, educational institutions. And yeah, like that's not, you know, $100 is not nothing, obviously, right? But these are these are institutions where they have a lot of legal requirements. There's a lot of stuff happening that means that they, they have to have enough money just to exist. Right. For those groups, $100 is not very much. And so so I saw this this morning. Or rather, it's not crippling, right? It's not I crippling, mean, yeah. yeah. It, it, like it, it's, not, it's not a significant barrier if, mm-hmm. if it's really important to have an app in the app store for them. Uh, so, but I, so I just saw this and I was like, why? Why? Adam's, it's, Adam's Adam has a theory. Intuition bells are going. My my, yeah, my 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 suspicion and hope is that what the what the app store is going to do is is up the fee, the mm. developer fee, um, or do a per app fee, mm-hmm. one or both of those. Um, because as we've talked about in the past, I think that that's going to be I think it's a required mechanism just to make the content on their storefront better and make discoverability better. Because because the main problem they have is just the amount of noise coming right. from just the huge influx of apps. And I'm not even talking about because uh, you know there, there are people who say that by having that barrier so low in terms of cost, anybody can just put their stuff on. And I think there might be some truth to that. But I think the bigger problem is the people who just dump a hundred yes. apps yeah. onto the so store. So if it was like fifty dollars per app per year, yeah, you know, if you got a hundred apps on there, you're going to be dropping five thousand bucks, right? Or are you mm-hmm. going to pull down the apps that are right? Because these are actually exactly because these are the real the real problem in the app store is these people who basically just make shitty clones of a whole bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm dump a hundred of those onto the store knowing that every additional one costs them nothing extra. And so they can just keep on rolling the dice to hope to get some money back. And typically that even, even if you're doing a shitty, shitty job of making terrible apps, if you're putting a couple hundred out a year, there's a pretty good chance you're going to make a hundred bucks back. Right. right? (laughs) Uh, You probably won't make much more than that, but you'll at least get to break even. And so, so I'm, I don't know what's going to happen, but I just thought it was such a weird move because it doesn't actually solve any problem. So my, what I'm wondering is, does it solve a problem they're about to introduce? Which Let's is keep an eye out. Costs sure. are going to somehow go up. Um, so that's, I don't know. That would allow them to lay a stronger claim to the idea of, of the store being a quality platform. Yep. Because right. this would this would actually be probably the biggest thing to purge uh, really old, unsustainable apps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Because developers no would just be like, nah, I'm not going to pay the, the fee to right. renew right. this thing. Yeah. Or and actually... I also believe that that's that's more important than anything is the ability to sun to let to let the store have a policy that sunsets mm-hmm. unsuccessful apps. And I think it's true for Steam too. I think it's I think it's actually a problem that things can just go on there and stay forever because they become part of this infinitely growing noise 
that clearly there's like there there aren't diamonds in there that just nobody has found yet. Mm-hmm. You know, there might be a handful, but realistically, there there are zero statistically speaking. And so it's only a net benefit to the platform and to and to future developers to have stuff that hasn't been successful just be removed over time. Well, and the the more the more you allow old stuff to accumulate, the more likely it is that there will be good stuff in there that people can't find. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you so, just can't find it anyway. So exactly. So if you are if you are a legit developer, you know this doesn't. And as in you're you have a full time dedicated team, you know putting putting trying to put out quality content yep. versus somebody who's just like I'm gonna clone something bleh, and they just throw it out in a yeah. Weekend, and this right? is this is gonna crush the dream that people have where they put an app out five years ago and they're just hoping that maybe someday it'll be successful. But the, that but that's the same dream as like buying a lottery ticket, mm-hmm. right? Like you're not gonna win the lottery. You're just not. And if you've right. got a five year old app or even a one year old app. Shit, if you have a two-week-old app that hasn't seen any success yet, uh, it's hard, not it's not going road. to be. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's unlikely. It's very unlikely. And so I think I mean, who knows what they're going to do, but I, I do hope that that this is because I, I was actually thinking about this. This would solve so many problems if they would just let stuff fall off the stores. Mm-hmm. It but would just, people would just put it back on. People put it back on, but if there's a cost associated with it, mm-hmm. then because because Steam because uh, Steam has its per uh, per app cost right. But it's an upfront thing. It's an upfront thing, but it is per app. So, so if your app falls off and you have to pay to put it back on, then you know that's that's just going to prevent people from doing it unless they just want it there, right? Which then in that case, who gives a shit? It's fine. Right. Uh, yeah, but it, yeah, if you have to drop fifty or hundred dollars per year per game you've got, then yep, yeah. Then again, you, this is purely theoretical. So purely we'll theoretical. See, we'll see if this actually happens or if it's literally just. Well, I mean, Apple doing but you got to think too that that one of I mean, there's only a couple platforms that could even do this. Mm-hmm. Right. Because if you're, you can't, you can't come into the market as a new platform and say, our thing is quality. And the reason we have quality is because you have to pay a, a yeah, yeah. annual yeah, yeah. fee. Right. Yeah. You can't do you this. Yeah, you can't do this unless you already have clout. So, yeah. so they're, they're the ones who could sort of set that. But it's kind of an interesting, just general obsession that has been created on the internet where everything that goes on there is supposed to be permanent. Mm-hmm. And everybody and just has suppo- this and belief. It's supposed to cost the developer nothing. Right. Because. Of reasons, and it's also so. supposed to cost the player or the the, the user nothing or next to nothing, it's right? Like information so, wants to be free. Yeah, That's but there's this idea thing. that like somehow it's it's everybody's responsibility just to store everything forever. Somehow keep it safe while they do that. Somehow pay for that while nobody else is paying them for that service. The whole thing is just wacky and makes no fucking sense. And I'm just, I'm just hoping <laughs> I'm hoping that that model of the internet, which you know I still want the model where things are are freely available and so on, but that's about the internet. That's not about a particular website. Well, this is, this a is thing a, this on is the a internet, store. Right? It's a store. It's right. a shop, right? So yeah. you buy things through right. it. And it costs things. It costs money to get stuff onto there and it costs money in bandwidth to get things off of there. Right. Yeah. So uh, you know, whatever. We'll yeah. see. I don't know. We'll I have no idea. The internet's wacky. Most of it doesn't make any sense and was founded on wacky principles. And mm-hmm. I just hope that it's somebody I hope that somebody who can do something does something. And you know, who knows? Maybe Apple will do that. Maybe. We'll see. We'll see. All right, next uh, next question. First question. <laughs> Sorry, these questions come from podcast.bscotch.net. Uh, so if you'd like to get your question onto a future episode, get over there and ask them. All right, first question. My Secret Weapon asks, I feel like the current game I'm making may actually be commercially viable, mm-hmm. but I'm terrified of a bad launch. What advice can you give someone to help them prepare for the launch of a game? I love you guys and everything you do. You're a huge inspiration to me. Please never stop being awesome. Thanks. Thanks, Thanks a lot. That's, that's, that's very, very nice. Hmm. All right. How to not have a bad launch? Is that a we should, we should first say that a bad launch is no worse than no launch. Correct. So, that, so at least launch it. At least launch it. At least try super hard. Yeah. And I think we, you know, we, we could dive deep into the specifics of marketing and all that stuff, but there's infinite stuff out there to look up. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so we don't need to hit that. I think what we should talk about is things that people tend to not talk about about launching your game. Mm. Right? Like what? Well, for starters, there is no such thing as a good launch. Correct. Correct. Things will go wrong. So just be okay with that because it's literally what's going to yeah. happen. So lay down some contingency plans mm-hmm. and say if this happens and, – and bear in mind that – that in a weird way, things going really well is also a bad scenario mm-hmm. in from the right angle. Because yeah. if you get 200,000 players, hypothetically, mm-hmm. on day one, uh, what's your plan for actually delivering customer support to these people? Right. You just have a different set of problems. Now. You got yeah. a different, right. It's, well, not, it's like it's in a. You got money now and lots of problems. Yeah. And the money actually won't come until a month and a half from, from launch. Yeah. So. <laughs> There's a lot of that. But yeah, it's yeah. like that one of those, one of those self-help books that uses fuck in the title. Can't remember which one it is. Mm. Uh, the Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. I think that, it's that one. one. It's a good one. He has some comment in there about this exact idea, which is even Bill Gates or Warren Buffett have money problems. They're very different than the money problems you have, right? <laughs> but they like, are problems. It, it's like, where do I, who do I donate $10 million to, right? But but they're constantly thinking about money also. It's mm-hmm. just with a different a different lens and a different reason, a different set right. of problems, right? And this yeah. is true for a game launch as well. No matter what the outcome is, you just have a new set of problems you have to deal yeah. with. So yeah, so the way people often talk about uh, launching games, and this is true when you go to GDC talks and whatever, is... The the launch is often talked about as the end point of your mm-hmm. development where like it goes well and now everything's great. Um, or it goes poorly and now you give up. Or, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it, actually if it goes poorly, everything stays the same, which is fine. Right. Because you know how to operate. Because if that. you didn't have a successful so, game before, then you still don't. And your, right, life, your life remains predictable and you're still mm-hmm. in control. So if right? it goes really well, though, you have a huge amount of change chaos to deal with at that point. Um, so just keep that in mind if that happens. I'd say the other thing to keep in mind is is timelines, which I think was something mm-hmm. that we did very poorly when we were launching games at first. And also that a lot of people just do poorly, which is, I think it's again, conf- conflating or just, just thinking that other people will care. So, and I think that they're all, all kind of bound together. So just keep in mind that no one knows about your game and no one cares about it. And they only will. Which isn't to, an attack on you. No, it's absolutely. Just, that's that's, that's a, true of all of us. It's the same right? fact <laughs> for our games too. So it's only going to not be that case to the extent to which that you communicate to people in a timely and effective manner how they should and how they can care about the game. Yeah, everybody's so, a heads up. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to targeting, say, YouTubers, if this is your first game uh, or even press, if this is your first game and you want someone to actually write an article or maybe a preview about it, do not send them a note like the day of launch and say, hey, my game's coming out. Blah. Um, you're not big enough. You're not Beyonce dropping a new album with no marketing, right? It's not. You're not happen. Fallout Shelter. Yeah, that's true. Or so, Fallout Boy, for that matter. So what you need to do is actually give <laughs> give people plenty of of uh, give them ample time, and also start with the lower level publications. So uh, don't go to like IGN and Kotaku first. Go you know find a, a few different blogs or something like that that cover games that are similar to yours. Um, things like RPG Codex, a couple of these other more niche sites. And get articles on there first. Drum up a ruckus. Drum up a little ruckus on the smaller sites. And then take that ruckus and use it to drum up a Roll success <laughs> a hootenanny yeah. over yeah. on the larger sites. Um, yeah. What comes after a hootenanny, though? Oh, I don't even know. I think just a, a, I think just a, a cacophony. Just a straight, a or just a straight riot, probably. Yeah, actually, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so there's, there's a whole process to it where it's, it's not just like a one and done thing, actually, similar to the launch. It's like when you... The way you should be viewing it is a, is a transition from sort of no one knowing about your game to some people knowing about your game. And then as you sort of go along that spectrum, you always try to roll the knowledge, roll that social proof forward from smaller publications to bigger. Uh, and then the biggest key is to let the platforms know whatever social proof you got, 
tell someone at whatever <laughs> platforms you're launching on, even if they don't respond to you, just tell them, pitch the game and show them the social proof you got. Because a lot of people don't realize that you, you absolutely should be letting the platforms know that your game's coming out. And they, yes. Because they, they do not know. They all have mechanisms for this, right? Actually, for I don't know about Steam. Part. Steam might not. Steam, you, you can usually, like, there's there's uh, there's people in the forums and Actually, stuff. Actually, forums, can, yeah. yeah. Right. Yep. Um, another thing that you may yeah, not know forums yes, Steam. is your website matters. Mm-hmm. Yep. In the sense that it doesn't really matter what's on it necessarily. It just needs to look professional. Just take, like, an hour. Get Squarespace. Just put, like... Yeah. Just make it look nice. Get a good-looking mm-hmm. website that one pager that if you if somebody searches for your and do it now because mm-hmm. if somebody searches for your studio they should find your website right um, and don't the other thing is don't send people feedback requests the day before launch because mm-hmm. this actually happens to us a lot where yeah. people we know will send us a link to their game and they'll say hey, we're launching tomorrow. Do you guys have any any final pointers? And they'll send us a game and we're like, yeah, we do, but, but what, I do you mean, want them can because you, you're launching you can't possibly fix yeah. any of these things. Um, so, you know, if there's people who you need to rope in for testing or you want to talk to for feedback or whatever, do it well before launch, mm-hmm. even before beta, ideally, mm-hmm. um, because, you, you know, you don't want to put people into that position of having to decide whether to tell you things are wrong with your game because you can't even fix them right. or what. So, uh, yeah. And the reason for the website is just that, that if you're talking to platforms, yeah, they're going to go looking for your studio and they want to know that you're a professional, mm-hmm. right? Um, because they want to, they want to sort of back the right horse. Mm-hmm. And if, if for example, they discover, Hey, this person actually just has a bunch of clones and nonsense flooding our store uh, that actually doesn't look too good, mm-hmm. right? Yep. So you want to make sure that that you put on a professional air. It's kind of like the, it's the internet equivalent of wearing a suit to an interview. Right. Right. Yeah. Like you true. just, you put on your good, your good pants. Mm-hmm. Even if on the inside, you got like a dirty ass t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> you got to put a nice suit over it. Put a suit over it. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So those are some, those are some launch tips. Good luck. Yeah. Good luck. Uh, next question comes from Medusa May. What's your least favorite thing about your favorite game? And your favorite thing about your least favorite Whoa. game? Whoa. Okay. I'll say my favorite thing about my least favorite game is how forgettable it is. Because <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I can't. I don't know. Don't even know. I mean, it, uh-huh. that's the thing about being the least favorite is it's the worst, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. Which means you'd have to like have paid enough attention while playing it to both hate it and identify something you liked about it. Is there any game you played recently that you did not like? I actually, for the first time, I refunded a game on Steam. Well, what was it? But not not because of the game. It Maybe, was. Uh, do we want to put it on blast? I don't know. Yeah, it's so not. It's not putting it on blast. Okay. It's just an interesting problem, which ah. is it's the game called Midair, which mm-hmm. is uh, a studio is trying to sort of resurrect the gameplay of Tribes mm-hmm. because ah, Tribes cool. as, Tribes Ascend yep, died, right? right? Um, so this game called Midair, and it's very similar to, I think, Tribes or Tribes 2. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an online-only game, mm. and it's an early access. Mm-hmm. So I, I bought it. I was like, fuck yeah, Tribes. And I go in there, and they have the server list, and there's two people. two Like two out of all of the servers, of which there were not many, uh, only one server had two people in it, and there were mm. no other people playing. Yep. And so I was like, I had to refund it because I can't, yeah, can't I can't play, play it, it actually, <laughs> right? And so this is an interesting problem. Of, network effect problem. It's well, a network effect. Yeah, yeah. Online only games, especially coming in as a as an indie, 
is very dangerous. Well, and, and launching it into early access is also, Extra I mean, dangerous. of course, like, you know, people point to things like PUBG and they're like, it worked for that, right? you know, but yeah. But yeah, don't, don't, don't point to anomalies yeah, as Don't examples. base your business model on a statistical anomaly. Yeah. Um, so that's, you know, and I wouldn't say it was my least favorite game. It seemed to play well, you know, mm-hmm. seemed good, but I just couldn't play it. So, yeah, I think uh, my, so talking about one of, one of my favorite games, which is uh, uh, Binding of Isaac on back there, I think. One of my least favorite things about about the whole shindig, I do I enjoy it immensely, um, is is actually just that you can pick up so many things that actually end up sort of like crippling you in a really intense way for, for the rest <laughs> of your run. But you know, some people find enjoyable. But I'm like, but why though? But now that I'm so, for example, like if you're if you're shooting out projectiles out of your face and they're just going like bullets, right? Mm-hmm. And then maybe one of them changes it, so now you're like launching mortars. If that's not a style of gameplay you played with, like every time that happened to me for the first while that it did it, it would just make me die, right? Right, because you don't know how to. Because I don't know how to handle this new power that I have, and it's not a, it's not just a straight upgrade; it's a side grade, right? Mm-hmm. And so, and there's occasional there's other games I play that do a similar thing where they'll they sort of side grade you, but in a way that requires you to have a different skill. You got to learn a whole new, but you can't undo it, and then to learn it requires that you die because of how games work. So. Those that little that particular design thing has always kind of bugged me, but it's also I mean I love the game, so who cares? So all right, yeah. so this makes me now think of so we a, a few of us in the studio started up goblins in World of oh Warcraft. My God. <laughs> you mean right. everybody except for me? That's why I said a few of us, <laughs> three out of four. Um, so World of Warcraft is one of my top games, mm-hmm. um, just in terms of playtime and everything else. And in the game, you can choose what kind of a, a character you're going to be. You want to be an elf or a goblin or a human or a dwarf or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so we started up goblin characters. And and depending on what kind of a character you choose, you start in a different location in the world. This is referred to as your starting zone. And uh, normally, the starting zones are meant to teach you the game. So if you start as an orc, you're kind of starting this desert and they're like, there's a bunch of boars. Go kill some use boars. your Use your one, you know, lightning attack that you have to kill some boars because mm-hmm. you can summon lightning from your fingertips. So naturally, the first thing you're going to have to go do is just like, kill a pig. Yeah, fry him up. Yeah, you need some bacon. So yeah. that yeah. makes sense. Um, and so, so the idea is, you know, they give you a series of pretty simple tasks that you can do to learn your abilities, learn how to navigate the world. The, the goblin starting zone was added uh, much later in the game's life cycle. I think about 2009 or something mm-hmm. like that. And the game was out for about five years. And so you could tell that they kind of designed this area for, for players who were much more familiar with the game's mechanics and maybe were kind of tired of doing the same old starting, starting zone. zones. Mm-hmm. And so the Goblin starting zone, all right, I'm just going to quickly, I'm just going to quickly hit a list of some of the things that happen in this. You are part of a mob. Mm-hmm. You have to go around driving a car and escort people around. You have to hand out goodies to people at a party. You have to pull off a heist. Mm-hmm. You have to free a bunch of, uh, or you have to uh, attack a bunch of cave trolls who are enslaved in some mines. Mm-hmm. Okay. You need to pilot an airplane and have a dogfight. You enter a volcano and kill a giant turtle. You have to incinerate zombies with rocket flamethrower boots. Uh, you gotta cut down a bunch of mutant plants. You gotta cut. You gotta turn yourself into a weed whacker and mm-hmm. cut down a field of plants. Now the problem with all these things is just the fact that they're not in none, any way related. To none of these are like the game. How you actually yeah. do the game. <laughs> none of these are like that's not your skill. None yeah. of those are your skill. And so what ends up happening? Like after, after the end of the hour, it took an hour to get out of that fucking starting zone. Except and, here's the thing: we're not even through it yet. Oh God! Because 
this whole this zone lasts through level 15 and we ended at level seven. Okay. So, we, <laughs> so there's a lot more left, apparently. There's a lot more left. <laughs> and all I want to do is just hit like three buttons and kill stuff. And you want to play your character. I'm just, yeah. You want to use your ability. Constantly throwing into the stuff. Yeah. So I think they, they overshot it. Yeah. So I would say, yeah, I would have to say that's probably my least favorite part of my favorite game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think my, <laughs> for, I don't have anything particular, but the thing that comes to mind is because uh, the fall, the Fallout series. Um, the first person shooter versions of mm-hmm. those are, is my favorite series. Um, but what they did in fallout Four, the newest one, um, where they tried to make it a game that you play for the rest of your life. Right. Uh, I hate everything about that. Hmm. Just all of it, because it used to be the other fallout games. You find a cool area. You're like, Oh, what is this? They have like, they kind of tell you a story by the things that, that are there and the, mm-hmm. the creatures that are inhabiting the space. And then you have to clear it in some fashion, usually, of course, by killing everything. But you clear it in some fashion. You kind of feel like you've explored a place. And the story And then is, you leave. The story is done. Yeah, that, that part of the story yeah. is done, right? And then you leave. Okay. So now in Fallout 4, you find a place. It's kind of interesting, too, right? So that's cool. Uh, you now explore it. You kill everything. And then you leave. And then you look back like the next day. And it says it's no longer cleared, right? Now, that, now you can go back and kill everything again for some reason. So... <laughs> So now everything can be so clear. So you're sort repeatedly. of a, what's the what's the the mythological guy who has to push a boulder up a hill? It's a Sisyphus yeah. game. Yeah. So like so now mm-hmm. now nothing is complete anymore. And, and actually, there are quest givers who all they do is keep sending you to places that you've already been to go like retrieve fucking documents or something stupid. So you'd go and you have to kill everything again. Oh, but they're arbitrary. They're so they've made like, kind of yeah. a generic questing system. There's a generic questing system. So, like, so yeah, there's like one of the main mm. one of your main quests is basically just to be like bring back. Uh, documents when you find them, right? And so you just can always find them. And so they, so they did, they did that. <laughs> they did that, and then they added this this whole like uh, settlement management part of the game, mm-hmm. right? Where you can take certain places that you take and that you clear now are settlements that that uh, people can move into. You can give them jobs. You can like build stuff for them. So you can build mm-hmm. like a little thing that they can now uh, sell you weapons and whatever. Um, and and it's sort of like in Spore from back in the day when you go into galaxy mode and you set up all these planets and none of them can defend themselves. And so now you have like a galaxy-wide oh. civilization that you're the sole defender of. Right. And so something's an emergency. You're like, oh, fuck, and I have to fly across the fucking galaxy yep. to go take care of this planet. <laughs> and this is the same. Like if one of your settlements now is in trouble, like you can, you can set up turrets and do other stuff, but you still have to go there. And do mm. things, and so, somehow nobody there can handle it. Yeah, and so so now now all of a sudden, like the there's this they just added this shitty meta game where you're doing the city management. Well, what they did is they, they added <laughs> they added all these modern game design yeah. metals. Which so, again, like the whole the whole goal is is clearly it's just so clearly to make me play the game forever, yeah. and I hate that. I want games that I can actually be done with, be done with. You know that I can finish, well, or should, that the game you should play is The Witcher Three then. Because play that the storytelling point. in there, I mean, this is in Blood, Sweat, and Pixels, but they just, they had a whole bunch of quests, and then they came back, and they were like, these are mainly garbage, because they're all just like, go collect 10 boars, yep. you know, whatever the fuck. And and all the quests are completely insane. Like, they're yeah. really intense stories, and people are getting just all sorts of weird shits happening, and all of it feels extremely pointed. Also, the other thing about The Witcher is it has butts. It does have many butts. I it. started playing it. <laughs> I started playing it. Like one of the first things is just I think like. You're putting on clothes, right? You're, you're like, putting on clothes. Out of a hot tub or something. Yeah. Like your character <laughs> just walks in front of the camera, just butt, like butt right they there. Butt. So it's like Game of Thrones. Yeah. Like, and then it, yeah. then it pans over and there's a woman over there. Her butt's there. Your butt's there. It's just everybody's butts. butt. Yeah, so it's just straight up Game of Thrones. It's just butts. Mm-hmm. That's cool. I like it. The Game yeah. of Butts. But yeah, I was <laughs> the game of butts. You I mean, if you're looking for that, you that actual story-driven content that that ends, that was the one for me that did it. Okay. 
I played for like seven hours. Or just if you want butts. Yeah, or if you just want butts. I saw quite a few butts in my game. <laughs> and at some point, I was just like, okay, you know. Actually, the thing that bothered me in that game was that it's it's actually hard. Like, it's yeah. really hard. And I, I was like- you? Yeah, because I actually, I got so into the stories that I just wanted yeah, to- wanted to have more. I just mm. wanted to finish the stories that I was on, but I kept getting murdered by this fucking like crazy Griffin Basilisk thing or something. <laughs> and I was like, I'm just going to turn the difficulty down and enjoy myself. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's what I typically do. <laughs> that happened good. to me in, uh, I played Divinity 2. Mm-hmm. And nor- normally when I play games, I turn the difficulty up. I don't, so can I just, I have a bone to pick with you. Because I don't get people who play a game who turn the difficulty up before playing the game. Well, as if you well, no. know. <laughs> no, no, so no, no, no. Here's the thing. Because we get this with Crashland sometimes. Here's the thing. I've played a, some games in my in my day. You have. I've played a, a couple of games. Mm-hmm. And it's incredibly rare that I play a game and am confused about how it works or that I can't very quickly figure out the sort of optimal strategy mm-hmm. that is intended, right? And Divinity is pretty much the same way. Uh, it's complex, but it's a turn-based RPG mm-hmm. with a with a squad. Um, and so I was like, I know this. I know this game. I know this type of game. And so I I cranked the difficulty up by one level. There's like three levels above that or whatever. So I cranked it up above normal difficulty and just to the harder one. And uh, I just got absolutely annihilated. <laughs> and I was like, I don't even understand what you could do at the higher difficulty levels. Cause I couldn't, I How couldn't, could you make it harder? Basically? Yeah. I, I couldn't win like three V one fights against regular NPCs, my level, you know? So <laughs> anyway, that is, that is not gr- the greatest. Yeah. That sort of difficulty spike. I do think but, it's, it's nice. Although games- was it fun on normal mode? Uh, like, it was it feel appropriate. Your balance. Too? It was okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very slow game, ah. like real slow. Sounds like easy mode. It takes yeah. forever to, yeah. to like one, one single battle with a character or with a group of characters may take like 10 minutes, mm. you know. Put on easy mode, mow them down. Yep. Well, that's the thing. So, so I, I played with, uh, I played with Sampy and we did a co-op thing, mm-hmm. my wife, and uh, we, we put it, I was like, we'll put it on easy mode because she's, she doesn't play a lot of right. games. And it was trivially easy. Mm. Like we, we just, I was like, we could actually, cause one of the big things in the, in the game is you can do anything, right? So you can actually fight any character you want to. Yeah. Even if they're an important quest you just character, you could just be like, no, I just fight them and take whatever, or, you know, <laughs> you can steal things all the time. Mm-hmm. Like you see a chest you can't open and you're like, no problem. And you just steal the chest, <laughs> right? Like I'll open this later. Um, so it's a very open-ended game, but the easy mode was so easy that we didn't have to do any of the story elements that mm. would normally be a challenge. Cause some, you know, you go into some encampment. Did you that, just like fight the whole town? Yeah. <laughs> you, well, you, go, you go to this encampment and there's this guy who's basically like a mob boss and he runs the town and he's got these goons everywhere. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he holds a really important quest item for you to get out of this sort of like prison camp. And, Normally you have to go through this elaborate series of story events to like get on his good side and do all these things. And, and if you engage him in combat, then all of his goons come in and start beating the shit out of you. And there's mm-hmm. tons of them, right? And it's a huge battle. So we did it on easy mode and we just walked in there and just punched him and he just like died immediately. And then his goons came in and we just kind of like, boom, 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 just kind of, <laughs> just kind of lined him up and knocked him down. You know? So they uh, just have a really... Really yeah. So on normal mode, it's hard. On easy mode, it's trivial. And on mm. slightly above normal mode, it's literally impossible. Mm. So I don't, I don't know. That's, yeah, it's not, not a good difficulty. Curve. I do really like when games actually allow you to change the difficulty on the fly. Yeah. It's very handy for exactly those situations. Where you're like, I thought I was 
much more of a badass than I am. <laughs> Turns out I wasn't quietly turn this down. <laughs> yep. Yep. So I don't know. We, so, I mean, we did do that in Crashlands. We, we didn't, uh, we didn't allow people to turn yeah. the difficulty down. Yeah. I which, still stand behind it. We still get a bunch of, I mean, that's like one of our support requests frequently. Someone's like, I started the game on insane mode and it's so hard. And we're like, yes. Yeah. It is called insane mode, but apparently this is one of your people sets. So I don't know. No, I never, I never play games on the hardest mode because I always assume that it's rigged. Mm. Because it usually <laughs> is, right? I mean, it's like, uh-huh. it's supposed to be meant for those those people who, I don't, actually, I don't know who this is. It's the getting but over I, it. But we also do get support requests basically daily for people wanting multiplayer. Mm-hmm. And we're not doing that. So That's you know, true. It's not a good argument in favor of letting people change. team will do whatever Yeah, want. and just because yeah. people want a thing doesn't mean they should have it. That's true. Because you know, often it's, it's worse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. So on that note, that's all the time we have for this week, everybody. Uh, so thank you all for listening. We'd like to thank our producer, Fat Bard, for making us sound good. And thanks to our community moderators who keep our Discord and forums running. If you'd like to get more involved in the Butterscotch community, you can head over to our Discord server at discord.gg slash bscotch. Come say, hey, we'll be lurking in there with about 240 other people. Also, if you'd like to adorn your body with Butterscotch merch, you can check out our shop at shop.bscotch.net. Uh, we currently only ship to the continental or the contiguous United States mm-hmm. working on it. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, also, if you'd like to send us something, we have a mailbox. You can, you can uh, send us, I don't know. We've gotten a lot of M&Ms. We have gotten <laughs> M&Ms. Specifically from a particular individual. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if that individual wants to send us more M&Ms <laughs> or if somebody else wants to send us M&Ms, uh, you, can, you can do that. Our mailbox can be found at mailbox.bscotch.net. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.